All right. How are you today? Good. Sorry, awkward introduction. <laughs> I'm most, I, I've been able to uh, so far catch people off guard by just like hitting record. Right. But this is the first time when I was like, oh man, I, I didn't hit record in the middle of a conversation because I want it to feel, you know, like natural, like we're right. just picking up. But uh, this time we, we are, didn't do it. Uh, well, I mean, we were just picking up. Yeah, yeah. We already had a great conversation so far, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We always do. I always yeah. like talking to you. Yeah. So thanks for having me. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, this is Songwriters Therapy. I'm mm -hmm. here with uh, my good friend, Travis Owen. Hello. Um, so Travis, can you introduce yourself and tell us why you're here at this podcast? Uh, I am from Manteca, Stockton, and I met Andrew a while back. I am a songwriter. And that's why I'm here. <laughs> that's the that's the best reason to be here. Yeah. I'm yeah. Grateful. Yeah. I mean, I've known you for so long. Um, you know, I've I've known the guys in my band, and I talk about my band a lot on this mm -hmm. podcast, yeah. obviously, because um, I'm I'm relating my story to yours a little bit. Right. Um, you know, I've I've known the guys in my band a really long time, but I've known you longer than some. Well, except for Oscar, our drummer, I went to high school with him, but I think I met you when I was seventeen. I think we might be about the same age. Was that at Borders? Or was it at Blackwater? I think it was at Blackwater. It was at some A Colorado show. Yeah, I think we were playing I, with um, Cars and Snakes. Probably, yeah. I, I think. Yeah. Because that was like the first time that we ever really played at Blackwater. Yeah. God, I love Blackwater. Yeah, so, man, Bla especially out. classic Blackwater. You know, oh, yeah. Like, like mm -hmm. every incarnation is great because it supports the music scene, and mm -hmm. it's just, it's home in a way, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I would say one of the things that I loved about classic Blackwater is Mitta mm -hmm. booking there like every single night of the week. Yeah. And and, you know, he's just um, a beast when it comes to bringing uh, musicians to one place to play. You yeah. Know? Yeah. He was definitely a like a nexus if you wanted to play yeah. anywhere in like Stockton. Yeah. Sometimes even Modesto. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But I think off the air was who. My contact yeah for, for modesto yeah yeah um yeah there's a lot of great uh great people that really supported this scene as we were coming up and i feel like they um kind of like fostered us not only as like uh as musicians but also as like future um you know purveyors of the scene in a way Purveyors uh, of the scene yeah i was trying to think of like <laughs> like a, something yeah. that sounded fancy but not no i you like know, that like yeah. Yeah. doesn't you know we don't have ownership over anything we're just trying to like uh support it and, and spread it in different right, yeah, ways yeah um but yeah i mean uh greg right from off the air yeah, yeah 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 i think he's in oakland now oh cool i don't know if he's still doing the music thing i think mm -hmm. he started like making booze or some shit <laughs> everyone's got to have a hobby you know right, sometimes yeah. it's music yeah making booze is booze. cool too <laughs> like I, yeah um yeah that's cool that's awesome <laughs> Yeah, so um, maybe do you want to tell us a little bit about like your history, like what led you to playing music? Um, I kind of I kind of pick up with you around around that time that we mentioned. Um, yeah. But like, what happened to even get you to like pick up a guitar and and try to write songs? I I always loved uh, like singing. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, I remember like um i think bohemian rhapsody was like my first love of a pop song whenever i was younger and uh which is such a weird pop song if you think yeah. about it and yeah it's you know. it actually we were just chatting about pop songs the funny thing about that is it's absolutely a pop song yeah 
but it's also a classical song. Right. And, and, and I actually love that opera. juxtaposed. Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually, you know, we should, uh, like, like you mentioned, you want to jam a little bit before mm-hmm. we do your song. Uh, I've been playing that song lately. We should really? jam on it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, that's my, uh, go-to karaoke for sure. Cause it yeah. was like, it was, it was the first song that I sat down and like, I want to know every single word. Yeah. I want to know even like the, you know, the, the, the phrases in between and yeah, the... it, it has everything you want to, Absolutely. you know, lyrically it, it's got, or, or songwriting, you know, it's got, uh, it's got like the triumphant, uh, yes. you know, break. It has like very, very like syncopated, like dun, 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 you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, um, the, the buildup and releases, I think. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I don't really listen to too much, uh, classic rock anymore yeah yeah but i have to say like that song in particular mm-hmm. really i think it primed my taste for what a pop song can be yeah um and then whenever i got older i think joanna newsom stepped in oh yeah and yeah. it's really kind of just man mm-hmm. it was love at first sadie you know <laughs> <laughs> i just i i i love her bravery and mm-hmm. her, her long uh long beautiful songs and mm-hmm. the structures and just yeah man yeah 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 awesome <laughs> so um you know as we mentioned like uh your one of your early bands that i uh that i met you through was a colorado mm-hmm. um and uh can you maybe talk a little bit about like um going into that band and like yeah. you don't, don't talk you don't have to talk about like you know what separated that band because like people grow up oh, and well, move move to massachusetts and, right. and stuff like that but um yeah dusty <laughs> yeah but uh <laughs> you know maybe talk a little bit about your musical journey to where you are today is really what i'm looking well for. that band was really just uh I, I can't believe we all got together you know, like um i was taking music lessons at janice mm-hmm. and then i met dusty yeah and then dusty was like oh i know this great um, this great drummer, mm-hmm. and then um, I was dating Lindsay's sister at the time, mm-hmm. and or no, before that, and I just like kind of like really hit it off with Lindsay. Yeah, you know, we were really good friends. Yeah, I, I think the funny thing, one of the funny things about that band is like you guys were so young, um, as we all were back then. Right. Uh, not that that matters in, in well, talent wise. This but, was two thousand seven. Yeah, two thousand seven ish. Uh, well, no, before that, actually, because yeah. I was I was still in high school when we first started playing so shows together. Like so it was like 2005, maybe. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, but I would say like you guys were like a super group right out the gate. <laughs> um, I mean, like you de- definitely there was like that history, like Dusty had a history of like, right. like playing in, in a lot of different bands that I used to go see. I, I yeah. love Squash Possum. Squash and, Possum, um, Project Atomic. Yes. <laughs> Dude, Project Atomic. If there was, you know, if there's ever a band to like reform and right. make me just like smile for like 45 minutes straight, it would be, so it would great. be them. That, yeah. 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 Um, that would, yeah. That would be really great. But I don't know. I just like, uh, I probably saw some of your very early shows at Blackwater and mm-hmm. I was just blown away right away. And I remember like probably either hitting you guys up or saying to mid, I was like, I need to play shows with those people. Like those are the people I <laughs> right. want to play shows with. Right. Yeah. Um, well, thanks. That's yeah. It was sweet. Yeah. I, I think the the thing with um with the Colorado is like I was actually 
I think I was faking being a guitarist. Like, and I had so much fun doing that. You know? Yeah. But like, I, I definitely, you definitely did some things as a, as just a guitarist that mm -hmm. impressed me early on that made me go like, Oh, you could do more with like lead guitar than anything else. Like, um, I remember, uh, for example, you had like an AC 30 and you yeah. know, they have the reverb tank. And I remember like sometimes in a song you'd like lift it up from the handle and just drop it. <laughs> and I mean, like, yeah, you I know, did. it's built like a tank, hopefully, but, um, you know, uh, I love that. Or like, you know, getting out the electric razor and just doing some, some yeah, things. I, that, like... I abused that AC 30. It, uh, it, it served me well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was starting to like develop some problems for me, like mm -hmm. doing that thing, but it was just like that, that sound was so perfect whenever yeah. like you needed something like, I can't even, I think it was in baptism mm -hmm. where you needed like a, like a blah, blah. And it just great. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I don't know. I think also like, um, what I loved about that band in particular was you were also a songwriter and I felt like you had equal footing with, with, you know, Lindsay was the other kind of yeah. main singer. Yeah. And, you know, I, I remember there was a few performances where even D Dusty took lead and, and mm -hmm. sang, yeah. uh, like a B side that we all loved. Was it, I can't remember what it was. I think, uh, oh, swing, set. swing sets. That oh song. my God. Right? I know. Right. Man, you just like. <laughs> Wow, dude, this is therapy. So we swings have to dig it, deep. Yeah, swings yeah. Oh my god, I haven't thought about that song in so long. I know, right? Oh, that, I, I remember he wrote that. He wrote that in the parking lot at Delta. And we were, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's like classic Stockton songwriter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We were we were just like fucking around. I think we I think it was like around the time he actually showed me Joanna Newsom. Yeah, and um, you know, because I was like, I was I what was I listening to at the time? <clears throat> I think I was hung up on bright eyes at the moment, you know, as we all were oh. in, at some moment in time, at least. <clears throat> yeah. It was like whenever I was first starting to get into it, but then I found myself like being too, too Connery sometimes. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, I think but... that's a problem with songwriters when you, um, when you obsess over one influence, right. you know, rather than try to have like a, a varied palette of influences. Well, yeah. I think you can't like really know or articulate or pinpoint exactly what it is about mm -hmm. that artist that yeah. you like yeah um so i don't know i think it was again i like when people are just like able to just be themselves and sing instead yeah. of like having crazy operatic control mm -hmm. sure um i really enjoy just like hearing a person just just sing like, yeah even yeah. if it gets a little flat or what does this sharp. person sound like as a as a person as a human right yeah 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 uh, and a lot of times um you get a lot more uh, i don't know like it's more personal mm -hmm. i think i think it's like a david Byrne quote where he's like <laughs> if it's too good of a singer you don't believe him you know yeah what i mean yeah so yeah i think that might be david Byrne. i've heard that before. i think he, i think he's i that. love that quote regardless of who it's from <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i i think one of the things that drew me to particular artists when i was younger um and still even today um is is the the talent of the singer isn't the best i i know i said that in kind of a backwards way but for example um i love pop punk sure as long as well as you know something like bright eyes and um and you know Conroe Burst is a strong singer now, right? And and he was a good singer always, mm -hmm. but he's not Freddie Mercury. No. And uh, to more extreme example, 
Mark Hoppus of Blink-182 is not a good sing- not a good singer, air quotes, in, right. in, in, right. as you would say, like, you know, uh, again, Freddie Mercury or some, some like Mariah Carey, some pop singer that right. is, just has perfect pitch and, mm-hmm. and ultimate control of, of their voice. But the realness of these other singers, when the, they sound like them when they are singing as well as like when they're talking, um, I think there's real feeling in that. And I've always identified with that as, as a singer who's always struggled with pitch myself, you know, and, mm-hmm. and like, you know, the other half of me loves singers like Mariah Carey and right. I want to do some crazy stuff with my voice someday. Yeah. And, and I feel like now that, now that I've like, uh, past my, like, uh, my like thirties, I'm, I was like, Oh, I can sing now kind of, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause I've been practicing for a long time. Uh, but yeah, I just, I love the realness in, um, in like, you know, those types of singers, songwriters. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I, I'm with There's you. a lot to unpack there. Sorry. I went no. on a no, that's, that's tangent. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, I think Connor Oberst has been, um, like he, he, I, one of the things that I really liked about him his writing was like there was always a balance yeah like he would always say something and then like a follow-up and like and that's where i kind of like i got those kind of tools sure you know, lyrically like lyrically things. he's a master manipulator of yeah, words absolutely um i i always like to use the uh the word when i'm talking about a great like lyricist the mechanics of language right. you know i always like to refer to it as me- uh, mechanics and the way they design things or engineer a song is really, really interesting to me. I love, I love the way that he writes lyrics. He's always been someone I've looked to um, when I was like, you know, thinking about that and about right. how people can really own that. I think I kind of fell off because I kind of got to, into my own thing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I, I, I've been trying to narrow like how much other people's music I listen to because I do find it creeping its way in yeah yeah i, I think that's a natural thing too. right like yeah. I'll, I'll i'll be just enamored with another melody somebody else's melody yeah and then i'll like write down my words that would fit into that melody and mm-hmm. i'll tuck it away yeah and then come like come back to it and that's like, interesting totally forget what song <laughs> it was too and yeah. then like be able to kind of chop it up and move it around to yeah maybe like a new song or an, i mean a new uh melody right yeah, yeah same yeah, yeah. lyrics yeah, maybe similar like lyrics yeah punch it and put it into, into place yeah but. <laughs> i like that that's a, a really interesting method um because while you're you're being influenced by someone else in the moment you're right. using that as an inspiration for your own story or your own lyrics and then later on as you're like going into the editing or, or right. reworking process yeah i'm uh <clears throat> i'm a thief that's for sure like i'm a little yeah. like a, a magpie you know i see something fucking mm-hmm. Uh, sparkly i'm gonna pick it up and i love that that i love magpies just in general like really cool birds yeah stockton magpies stockton magpies yeah you know we have very special magpies i didn't know that i knew that all the other magpies are black just flat black oh yeah yeah. and we got the the crazy blue yeah the blue white ones i didn't know that that was like a stockton area you know um i should have known that because um you know the old cartoon heckle and jekyll no, they're like these two birds. Um, it's kind of like a, I don't know what like studio put it out, but it wasn't it maybe Looney Tunes or something. It was like a side 
side hmm. cartoon. Oh, but there are oh, these two yes. birds. They look like crows. Yes, but okay. they're actually magpies. From from what I I've learned from my research. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I lo- like Stockton magpies are beautiful. They're really interesting birds. Assholes yeah. too. Ass- I mean, they're, they're you know they're yeah magpies. But. They're magpies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, what was I going with that? Yeah, I steal. I steal a lot. Yeah. In fact, um, you were you were talking about shapes, and mm-hmm. um, I totally i totally identify with like with shapes like i have my shapes or my colors because i come yeah. from a like um visual a art visual arts background. yes yeah, like yeah i went to school for painting and, yeah and uh, stuff like that so i think about i think about it a little bit differently mm-hmm. i suppose but i have like my shapes and i tried to like i, I for the longest time um i didn't think i was good enough you know, because I was like, oh, I have my limitations and my plateau. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was like uh, uh, just kind of taking these songs and learning these songs, but uh, and then taking them and mutating them. Like I would come up with mel- yeah. like my own words to those mm-hmm. melodies and yeah. like cut them up. Um, so like it's the songs I have now are intentionally like the same shapes yeah because i also wanted to be able to like like hey you know this song you should be able to learn all these other songs mm-hmm. like i wanted it to have a limited palette you know, yeah yeah the idea yeah i mean uh, i think as a visual artist when you limit your palette um you're forced to do uh like first of all you you could do like good repeatable work which sounds kind of boring but is actually like it's uh it's a confident booster when you're continuously doing uh you know repeatable work um for me like i'm i uh i'm i do like air quotes again visual arts professionally more more like of like the digital type stuff Mm -hmm. um but i also you know like i went to school for art as well and like i i've done like printmaking and and uh, like other other types of fine arts and like when i'm able to uh consistently like put out pieces that that I'm like proud of that feels good and a lot of that comes from like the tool set of a limited palette right you know? yeah I, uh I think where I really got that I have to give credit to another person from Stockton sure who I met in Sacramento mm-hmm. Jared uh Jared Tharp fantastic painter mm-hmm. and he's he was like we we lived together and we just had these long epic talks about mm-hmm. you know arts and the uh, approaches and like theory and just, yeah you know just talking yeah talking and talking and talking about uh about art yeah um so i also wanted to really talk about him and yeah. all the talk other people him. up in sacramento that i've found that are stockton refugees yeah you know, you know yeah there's been quite a few and yeah. i try to latch on to them awesome i mean just just to state for the uh the podcast listeners you're mm. based out of sacramento now originally yes. from the uh, stockton antique area but based out of sacramento now mm-hmm. i yeah. moved up to sac 10 years ago wow yeah yeah it's been a while right yeah and we're going to do a house show um with glass bat who is also from sacramento and a stockton trans right. transplant i guess yeah to right. sacramento mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she, uh, Sydney, Sydney, um, I've known Sydney since high school. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and you know, I think she's probably been up there almost as long as you have. I feel like she's it lived in Sacramento a long time, mm-hmm. but yeah, amazing songwriter. I'm, I'm psyched to have yeah. you guys down here. Oh my God. Uh, December so, 14th. So stoked. Yeah. Um, I think 
she was playing like by herself mm -hmm. and um, kind of just became friends. She gave me a, a tarot reading. Oh, cool. And like the sum of it mm -hmm. was like like Hella Swords. So mm -hmm. that was that's actually like one of the songs that on my next album is called Hella Swords Forever. Oh, nice. And uh, it was inspired uh and hell like hella like california hella yes. or hell of hella hella swords okay right? nice. a lot hella a lot, lot of you okay, know yeah yeah just making sure hella i love swords that forever. yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah it was a it was a uh you know it was a dark time so yeah i'm yeah. just really glad um to have a friend mm -hmm. to just like kind of like we she, she didn't really know me and i was mm -hmm. like hey and I'm not exactly really into tarot card reading. I was just like, yeah, I, I suffer from some depression, you know. Like, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah. Every now and then, I'll just like be like, somebody, I don't care what it is, just talk to me. Mm -hmm. Do a tarot reading. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and she was really sweet. Too. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so you mentioned that you uh, you suffer from depression, as you know, like mm -hmm. uh, yeah. more more people. Um, probably admit that they do you know something people don't recognize it's it. definitely more acceptable it's more acceptable now which which is great um can you talk about maybe how that's influenced your songwriting and, and maybe song songwriting has influenced that <clears throat> yeah i think um actually a lot of the earlier colorado songs were kind of like because uh, we didn't really want to talk about love yeah a lot of yeah. it was talking about like mental state mm -hmm. so a lot of it was more abstract and more of like the you know the the big kick mm -hmm. between like um uh like i think it was some twins mm -hmm. it's kind of like that that manic mm -hmm. feeling mm -hmm. where it was like you know that broody and then just that that big lift that big kick that for some reason you're fucking dancing yeah, yeah. um and it doesn't make any fucking sense but mm -hmm. it's a, a thing yeah you know? yeah like um uh, baptism being about like uh uh the the schism between religion and logic. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th I think that that in particular is is always like an interesting topic to me because I, you know, as as many people um, of my like type of background, you know, like waspy type <laughs> dudes, um, you know, my parents were Christian and wanted to raise me that way and sent me like private schools but mm -hmm. i you know what, what kind of christian are we talking about here uh yeah there's a lot of different genres right well i grew um, up pentecostal so oh okay like yeah that's an interesting <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to like wave my finger at you no. but that's like really interesting <laughs> i mean um so my my mom uh was seventh day adventist okay yeah and uh and i went to uh you know uh middle school and some of high school at a at a seventh adventist school and then i actually went to a seventh adventist college mm. however i was uh like since about sixth grade i've identified as an atheist and myself and so i was going through all of these um religious like motions right. as someone who wasn't a believer so i felt like an observer in a way mm -hmm. and i i definitely enjoyed learning about things that they believed um, whether in my head I was like, that's a little different for me. Right. Um, but at the same time, I, I wanted to like draw that back to like, there is like, uh, I feel like there's a certain depression with, uh, people who are raised in religion 
and are struggling with it right. or or maybe are like me and aren't able to come out because their family might disown them or something like that. And, right. and you know, I don't want to, I'm not calling anyone in particular out, but uh, that bums me out. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but yeah. uh, I definitely feel like religion was a distraction that took a long time to, to break from. Sure. Yeah. You know? uh, especially because you, you do have to make that choice of like, I'm never going to see these people again. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and it, that's hard. That's, that's mm-hmm. a, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate that you can be close to either family members or friends through religion, and right. when you are no longer part of that um, group, that you're disowned. And it, it's a very like, if you're not with us, you're against us. Right. Um, right. I mean, because you thing. you are in a way because you if you like start, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not out preaching that like Christianity is wrong or that atheism is the right thing. <laughs> And so, like, I'm, I'm kind of bummed. I, you know, I'd be kind of bummed if someone's like completely disowning me right. because I don't, I'm not part of their team, so I'm against their team. Yeah. So that's yeah, my take on it. And that's <laughs> not, you know, that was definitely um, an agitator. Yeah. Uh, but I think really the big one is, you know, class, man. Yeah. Class. Yeah. yeah like I, was, I, whenever I came up here, I was, uh, I was like, oh yeah, this is Stockton, but you know, I'm not where i'm from you know like yeah the yeah. stockton i spent time is on the east side over on washington mm-hmm. yeah um, which is kind of a different yeah yeah situation. i mean stockton is one of those places that yeah has um that stark contrast of class right you know yeah not just in, like yeah in the culture and then even in like the architecture like, yeah i love the architecture around here like it's yeah. such a modge podge of just like yeah whatever pops up <laughs> and is maintained you yeah know? and stockton is patchy though too there's there's definitely like the the east stockton area that right. everyone refers to as you know maybe not uh yeah they call it oakyville oakyville yeah right yeah but at the same time there's uh, you know, I live in North Stockton. There's parts over here that people are like, you know, that's maybe not a safe area to go mm. to, or like, you know, yeah, around Hammer Lane, Hammer Lane, or, yeah. or yeah, Kelly absolutely. Drive, you right. know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and that's one of the things that was always interesting to me about Stockton was, um, how how there is a stark difference in like, I I you know I, I shouldn't even say class because I feel like class itself is is putting things in a box that don't deserve to be like separated in, in the way that like this person is not of the same value as someone else. And I don't, I like personally, I think that um, everyone is of the same value, but what I, I really think it is, is like um, income or, or some, or something right, like that's that. What you I know? Mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really income yeah. and, and, and like access it's, to, it's to access, access, access to access. goods and, and, you know, privilege is what it Absolutely. really is. Yeah. I, I think beyond beyond income and access is and privilege defines yeah. income and, yeah, and that's and what access, I meant by you know? like yeah. You know, yeah. Sorry. Class. I just wanted to redefine, but yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um <laughs> I was just thinking, I was like, man, class is kind of a weird word because it's, you know, I feel like class is dictated by the people on top, you know, because they get to say we're on we're we're the higher we're the highest of class or we're classy people, <laughs> you know, and that's just not fair, you know. Uh, well. It's not fair, but it's I not mean, fair. It's it's the like uh, capitalist world that we live in. Yeah. What's up, comrade? <laughs> yeah, I, <know. laughs> I, I told my grandma I was a socialist yesterday. Oh, you did? Yeah, my dad was oh, like, man. "Oh, you're giving her a heart attack." Oh boy! But my dad, no, called... I've, I've been called a, a pinko faggot so yeah. many times. I didn't even know about Marxism until yeah. like after college. Yeah, I mean, I feel like with people who have a different 
I mean, this this is a tangent, but yeah, no. people Let's with like a politics. different, yeah, I love talking about politics. people with like a different political view than me. Um, meaning people who are, you know, more of the right wingers. Sure. Uh, and, um, and, you know, I have a lot of family members that are, are like that, you know, mm-hmm. and Stockton is, is actually a very weird place in that we have in like strong influences oh, yeah. from both sides. Yeah. And there's my a lot of relatives are very conservative. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even though they totally like benefit from all the social programs. Exactly. And... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, my parents are a great example of that, but, um, you know, I mean, the thing is, people who are on the other side of the spectrum, so to speak, are always the ones that want to talk about it and like poke, poke at me for, uh, for my beliefs. And my dad, uh, you know, I think I've said this on another podcast, like me and my dad are very close. We, we hang out all the time. We do a lot of hobbies together Mm -hmm. and I still love my dad, but you know, like he kind of called me out when we were visiting my grandma yesterday is for some reason, I don't even know why (laughs) he just finds any reason to, to like, I think they were talking about the mayor of Stockton or something and how he's, yeah, yeah it's like a, a you know isn't there like a ubi going on yeah here too? yeah yeah exactly yeah. Um, ubi and stocking guys yeah wow. but um but you know he was like calling me out but at the same time not not like going all the way because he's like you know talking about my other grammy's like because she was there as well just like oh you know she's a democrat and andrew's andrew's an independent i was like wait a minute like you're trying to soften the blow here yeah. like i'm not gonna let I'm you get away with that you know yeah. i'm <laughs> i am not i'm not an independent that makes it sound too like oh he could be anything you know um and i was like well actually i define myself more as a socialist right cool um and it was kind of like a fun win for me in a way like i don't want to like make them feel bad or right. anything but we moved on after that because i think it made people uncomfortable right well, um, boomers have yeah. no idea what, yeah they like, don't know what socialism means no, I, I mean you know no, no. They're, they're told like the communist boogeyman you know like, yeah yeah the way that i always you know try to frame it in my mind like socialism is just you know uh, a beneficial program for for everyone in a way you know that's a socialist right. program Any, anything that you need yeah a exactly. need needs to be yeah. not a profit exactly you know Thank so you. um yeah medicare of course housing yeah transportation housing. Well, the internet be food i mean those are all things that i i think should be social programs but i think like to really help people understand i always want to say like where do you buy your water from right if you're a homeowner or a renter or whoever has to buy water and not from the store why how do you get water to your faucet right that's a socialism that's a socialist program like you can get a water roads you get a water bill that's like 30 bucks a month and you think that that's like how it should be but you know you get a an like an internet bill that is a hundred dollars a month, you know, and, and, and like also all the packages yeah. for all the consume, like the yeah, consumables yeah. that you get. Through yeah, that, exactly. That service. So, um, uh, you know, DMV people want to complain about DMV being, you know, like it's yeah. crazy. It's out of hand. You know, we you want to privatize, privatize the DMV. DMV. Like, I'm like, yeah, okay. yeah that, right. that worked for like <laughs> no, nothing not, no, nobody, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's easy to like, kind of point back to the things that are already in place yeah okay and get washed over yeah. as like you know oh it's you know it's just a fact of nature or that's the limitation of that program or yeah the, that idea idea you know yeah. or like fire firemen and police who, yeah like, that's another one i always bring up it's like oh like yeah you know do you want the police to be privatized do you want the fire station to be privatized um and you know what the like the thing that really grinds my gears <laughs> this is good man we'll, yeah, we'll no, get yeah. back to song, songwriting but no I'm, i we I'll, write I can about bring it back yeah. because i am Let's actually uh, like 
at, at the end yeah, of what you're going sure. to say. Go ahead. The thing that really grinds my gears is like, and people that I feel are very evil people, they do want to privatize all of those things. Yes. In sp- and they know that it is not as good for society. And right. it's only about making them money and yeah, they think some the, shareholder the money fish. or something like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They think they're at, top, at the top. Like, there's so always a matter. bigger bully. Yeah. You know what exactly. I mean? <laughs> please, please bring us back to songwriting. Yeah, I'm actually like, <clears throat> you know, um, songwriting, I wanted to get into like the, the idea of like, you know, mm-hmm. the, the capitalist hellscape that we're yeah. in yeah. with, without like punishing the consumer. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done with that. I'm, yeah, I'm done. I'm like, I'm. Yeah, I mean, so over it. I mean, that's like the thing is, I have nothing wrong with with someone who wants to be a, a consumer of of goods and and pay for it. And you know, those I mean, of us that are at the a bottom, a lot of times you don't have any option. Yeah, exactly. That you know, yeah, so either that or starve or yeah. like not participate in your in your yeah. in your world. You know? Yeah, like you can gripe about movies all you want, but like you know, mm-hmm. that's if that's all that you these people are talking about. Mm-hmm. You sort of in order to like come to the table yeah you know yeah but i mean it's it's the people at the top of the of the situation that are really taking advantage of Correct. it you know they're and you know well i i even go further and say that they're they're murdering people oh yeah you know yeah like, definitely I, yeah i mean jeff, tobacco, Be- jeff bezos has blood on his hands you know oh for sure <laughs> right uh uh tobacco fast food sure soda pop companies yeah um yeah it's i mean it's irresponsible i mean I think that like uh, the world that we live in, America especially, is like capitalism gone, run wild to the extreme. Right. You know. So um, the Tall Cotton Tapestry Company, like I started. Oh yeah. Company is mm-hmm. you know, kind of like a rope dope way yeah. of like, you know, being a, a socialist band in mm-hmm. a way. You know. Yeah. Like, so like uh, I have uh, oh plug for plug, uh, Bandcamp. Uh, there's Big Mood, a la Prima is a three-song thing that I did mm-hmm. with Richie and Lindsay from... In Colorado. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, all the, every, any dollar I make, they make. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. I want to do that all, mm-hmm. like through everything. Yeah. I think the hardest thing is actually, like, I really want to make a record, mm-hmm. but I don't want to, like, I can't... Like, the uh, when you say record, you mean an like album a physical of songs? Okay. Vinyl. Physical vinyl. Like, vinyl. I love vinyl. I collect yeah. vinyl, but, yeah, like... Same. I don't want to like be a part of that. I don't want to yeah. contribute to ruin, you know, like, yeah. I mean, the thing about vinyl is hard. Uh, like I'll admit we, uh, were I, in, in the last, uh, the last episode I, I'm, or last episode I recorded, but not released. So it will release before this one. Um, Los Beekeepers, uh, has a vinyl coming out cool. of total bummer. Right. Nice. We didn't record anything new. I just, I always wanted to get that on vinyl. Just a dream of mine. Right. And, you know, it's um, no, I it's a it's a life event, but I I I see where you're coming from right. as far as like contributing to yeah, you know did. the system in a way or absolutely or, or the wasteful nature of of the world right. And I you know I don't I want to not blame the consumer yeah, but then I can't turn around and be the producer sure of it like yeah you know I I t-shirts are cool. I'm wearing a, a yeah Jenny Lewis so, t-shirt right yeah. now, but like I can't not think about mm-hmm. the you know the sweatshop and the the gasoline and also like the waste yeah. from uh screen printing and yeah you know yeah those, like, i was gonna ask about like what what exactly in in the line uh i mean it's it's really everything that contributes to it because like 
I was going to ask about like ethically sourced goods and like making there things is, yourself, but even there the, is like, no there's no consumption yeah, in capitalism. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like bumper I sticker. mean like even delivering something, the, the, like the yeah. use of gasoline and, and how that gasoline got here, you know? Yeah. It's rough. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, bummer, but a <laughs> total, <laughs> uh, but I, so, so gonna just completely, um, undercut what I'm saying. I probably will end up doing this yeah. next project. It's a, it's a full length. Mm-hmm. Something I've been working on since a Colorado broke up. Sure. Yeah. So like, um, and a lot of it is about like Stockton mm-hmm. East side. Yeah. Like I, I use a lot of, uh, East side colloquialisms and mm-hmm. phrases. And, yeah. Um, that like, cause my, my grandparents, they followed the fruit. They were pickers he mm-hmm. was born in the tents yeah. uh, over off Oro, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, uh, you know, I, my, I was kind of a latchkey kid, so, uh, I always got sent to, to yeah. my grandparents. Yes. Yeah. And, um, he was just the, just the, the richest, most vibrant man mm-hmm. in that I've ever met. And, yeah. Uh, he was, he, he really, really meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really wanted to, you know, have something impermanent. Sure. To be around. Sure. So you know, I try to be as as ethical as I can. Like only yeah. run like maybe one or one to three hundred copies. Yeah. Um, and then that be it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. It, it's really hard because I'm going to beat myself up over it. Yeah. And I'm going to feel yeah. like a I mean, fucking hypocrite. I, I think I there's. I think there's that struggle with hypocrisy in people yeah, that try to live an ethical life or, right. or even just have a conscience. You right. Know? No, I think that's um, where a lot of like depression yeah. and um, yeah. mental anguish comes from is that, that cognitive dissonance that mm-hmm. we face every day yeah. that actually we don't, we bottle up and like we're, we're told that, that we develop what's right and wrong. Yeah. And then it's completely different whenever you like have to like enact it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I was chatting in a previous podcast about um, about uh, like you know children developing like a sense of right and wrong, but um, then moving on and, and like building their own identities and right. stuff. But one of the things that uh, I think it was Sean mentioned that really matters is like, are you are you treating your fellow humans right? in in a good way and i know good is almost a subjective word when you really really get down to it but um you know to me i think that's something that i that i want to think about a lot and you know if you get into the nitty-gritty it's like you know even driving my car i'm not i'm not treating like the fellow man or the planet i mean it's it's even beyond humans you know it's like are we treating you know the living things or the world force of of where we are right um are we treating it even well, you know? And like the answer is most days no. And that, that can get us depressed, especially as we're like, I think it's a little bit of, of like, um, feeling like a failure, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of times if you're, if you're not, if you, if you're not, uh, you know, profitable, then you are a failure and and to, to the eyes Mm -hmm. of people who are just mainly out to, you know, make a profit. Yeah. And you know, I also want to say like, I know we keep coming back to like, uh, no, that's capitalism and absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. No, but, no, uh, it's, it's a total stick of my crop. It's too, almost, I almost feel like um, you have to be a capitalist pig. You don't have to be, but 
I mm. feel like yeah. the people who are these capitalist pigs are the most privileged and capable of living like a green life Absolutely. because, you know, the people that are living in some form of poverty or even in the middle middle class air quotes because there's no such thing as middle class they're just slaves to the system right right right, um as we all are more Uh, comfortable slaves yeah more comfortable (laughs) slaves yeah i would say i'm a comfortable slave you know but you know i I don't have the luxury of like living a complete green life because you can't afford that or you know or even then it's an illusion something that you've bought yeah someone told you this is organic this you know this wasn't sprayed with pesticides you know this Mm This car, uh, this car runs on on no gasoline, but then you know it's right. an illusion because um, yeah, you're still you're still destroying you know yeah all of the battery it, waste what, and stuff. Yeah, starting a genocide and civil wars in, a, in another distant country just yes. for their 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 batteries. The batteries, the, exactly. The, yeah, the components to the yeah. battery. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's always a farce, but but I mean my point is, um, you know. The, the no, people I'm, at the top, it's it's almost sick that they're the ones that could live sure. the closest to a green life. If, yeah. if that's if that's one of the things that you worry about. Yeah. Yeah. Bummer. yeah I mean, it's a it, yeah, yeah. It's a total conundrum, and uh, yeah. we we're absolutely like pitted against each other. Yeah. And yeah. I'm glad that we keep coming back to this because I mm-hmm. it's a, it's always been a frustration of mine how like musicians sort of just have to default and submit. In order yeah. to have this thing that they're passionate about, yeah, yeah, be seen yeah, to exactly. the world, you know. Yeah, I mean, like we really, I mean, musicians really do have to kind of get on their knees, so to speak. Um, yeah, all all the arts, to the, all the yeah, arts to to even be heard. You know, it's like um, we we're musicians that like maybe fifty to hundred people know that we exist as musicians. Maybe, right. yeah. I, I mean, like I don't know if I'm being unfair or not, but yeah. um, yeah. you know. To get to get like hits on Spotify, we have to like sell our soul to promoting on other types of social media, yeah, and then at the yeah. same time, brought to you by Squarespace. Uh, yeah, and then have commercials thrown in there, right. or have have you know our fans pay the ten bucks a month, and then we don't we don't see any of that any of that money to to help us keep creating art. Right. I, I as an artist, like I I'm so against Spotify. Um, you know, I definitely try to gear people towards Bandcamp because it's one of right. the more uh equal for now art, artist equal, friendly you know? yes artist friendly sure. um and it's a great platform yeah um but you know it's just it's just this weird world we live in where artists in general um you know are are kind of devalued but at the same time milked you know right. um yeah you're so, a gold mine to be gutted absolutely yeah, someone yeah. someone mentioned um maybe it was Austin um, on the other podcasts, uh, some, maybe I forget who it was. They're talking about some very popular artists on Spotify and how they, they only made, you know, they had hundreds of thousands of plays and they made like $600 or something, which is, you know, you can't, $600 is like, a, like maybe it's a lot a, of tacos, but in yeah, the whole... it's, it doesn't even cover rent in most places. Right. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, like doesn't even cover if you're from the Bay area where I used to live, that's right. Well, also Nothing. maybe you didn't even got help recording this and yeah. mastering it. Yeah, and then you're in debt. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I I think there's this illusion um, when you're younger and an artist, and like if I could just get signed by this indie label that seems awesome and has right. all my favorite bands on it, 
but what that, you yeah, what that, you don't know that would know, be the panacea to the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 then I'll be big and I'll make right. it. But what what people don't realize is a um every dollar spent on you is a dollar you actually spent and owe. You're in you're in debt as as yeah. a band to the record company. Record company is really just a loan company. Yeah. That also maybe markets Promotes, you. Yeah. They market you, mm-hmm. but they probably charge you for that marketing. Right. Yeah. You know. And and that's that's for every every single artist you know there are some artists that make it huge and and actually make money but the you know even they take out that four hundred thousand dollar loan or or more for people who think they need a bigger budget and 10 songwriters um to to produce something that they're in debt for and you know uh the smaller bands that are on some friendly and I, I'm there are some ethical independent labels. There are, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, I think like Courtney Burnett's doing pretty good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I don't want to throw everyone under the bus, but the 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 you know real the real life aspect of it is you know every everything yeah, is, no, everything is a debt yeah. to be paid. Right. Yeah. Living, that's the, breathing. That's the business plan, Brad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. We're, <laughs> you know, we're getting so deep on this. Oh yeah. yeah good. I like I, it. I I really like talking about this sort of yeah. thing. Well, I mean, um, also you mentioned that a Colorado didn't want to sing about love or, or romance, which no. is such a huge topic for um especially at that for age. songwriters, especially at that age. Yeah. I you know, I've been there. I still love writing songs like that. Because, I have a hard time you know, with it now. Yeah. I still like I, yeah. I was just like, nope, out of here. Yeah, but one thing I will say is like coming up listening to punk bands and you know a a wide array of different um different bands that weren't weren't just punk, but there were a, a lot of bands and still are that are very politically driven. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um we mentioned Connor Oberst that he has he has his love songs and his sure. you know but he's also heartache very songs, political. but he also has some very political songs mm-hmm. and one of my like my favorite Conor Bush project is uh, Desaparecidos. Okay, yeah, like one of my top favorite bands, and that was born out of you know from what I understand, born out of his frustration of like the Bush administration years right. and and war in Iraq and and this like um, and then also capitalism and mm-hmm. the the growing like yeah uh, military industrial complex and all of that. And, you know, one of my favorite bands and they're, they're so politically charged and that's what they write about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, um, Susan Miller rag. Mm-hmm. You ever heard not that? not familiar with Susan Miller rag. No, that's a, that's a bright eyes song. Oh, I think okay. It's Maybe on, I've heard it and I don't recognize It's a B-side this, the on, name. I think, Casadega. Hmm. And it just floored me. Man. I and feel it's like I would have known that. such a good song. Yeah. Um, I might be wrong about where it's at. Yeah. But, um, that's, that's. Yeah, um, I'll look that one up. Susan Miller Rag. Yeah, it's one of my favorites yeah. of his, um, which is a very political song. Mm-hmm. And then you know, like Loose Leaves. Right? Yeah, that's you know, that's a cute little mm. um, little love song. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So great songwriter. <laughs> I'm not. Man, I will. I will. I'm not really crazy about the new project. Man, I'm the I just same want, way. Like I'm, I want I'll go on record and say it. I don't pick I don't care. somebody to sing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I know. I'm sure Connor Connor Obers's heart will be broken when he listens to this podcast. Oh yeah, but right. um, I yeah right. yeah like sure. I <laughs> yeah I man, I love every I love every single thing that Bright Eyes has done 
in in different ways writing sonically right etc um man anything that mike mike mogus the the guitar player touches yeah. or produces it's yeah. just magic right yeah yeah um and uh and i liked a lot of like post bright eyes connor obers to an extent it was it was mm-hmm. nice but yeah, I'm just not into the new something about it. I can't put my finger on it. I just haven't absorbed it. I guess. Yeah. I, again, also, you, you know, we've developed into being our own. Yeah. I saw a meme somewhere. I think it was uh, like, uh, if your friends are songwriters or mm-hmm. musicians, they're already into somebody else's shit. Yeah. You know, like don't be heartbroken if they don't show up to your shows. <laughs> so that's a good one. I mean, it's it's true. Yeah. It's a meme, but it's true. Yeah. But, I I love. I kind of love music memes that kind of like highlight yeah. the absurdity. Um, Brandon from from my band sent us one yesterday or this morning that was um, it was just like some some uh, you you come off stage and the promoter comes up with you comes up to you like that's an amazing I might have been like screenshots from SpongeBob or something that's amazing set like you uh-huh. guys are the best and like there's this uh, this treasure chest opening and and then inside the treasure chest it's like seventeen dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good haul. Yeah, I know. I, that's what I said. I was like, Brandon, do you remember that one time when uh, we were playing in Turlock and um, and the guy paid us $30 because he felt bad because he shush, shushed us during our set? Like the promoter was like, you guys need to keep it down. You're playing too loud. And we're just a normal like indie rock band. Yeah. And then after us, every other band got progressively louder and he felt really bad. And he's like, you know, I just want to apologize for, you know, blah, right. blah, blah. Yeah. Like, you know, here's something for your troubles. I was like, thanks, man. Yeah, I love I love Turlock too. By the way, I haven't been I haven't played. Yeah, <laughs> I could tell you the last time I played Turlock. Oh man, tell me. Um, so we were supposed to play this show, and um, you know, no, like couldn't couldn't put it together mm-hmm. with all of us. So I was like, "Fuck it, I'll go out and do it myself." This is does yeah. it sound familiar? Yeah, man. So I go <clears throat> all the way out to um, to Turlock, and I start to you know I get there and I start having a panic attack. Yeah. Just go through it. It's fine. It's fine. So I get there and uh, I start. It's my turn. Go up. Start try to play a song. I fucking blank. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And I see all these all these eyes on me. <laughs> try that again. You know. And start again. And then it stopped. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck that song. Yeah, I've been there. Next song. <laughs> and then like I I did and I did it again. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, if I mess up again, I'm just gonna. Bye bye. You know. Oh, wow. Uh, and everybody laughed, and then I I did it, and then I messed up again, and mm-hmm. I just grabbed all my oh, things, wow. and I walked out. What an experience! I threw all my stuff in the back seat, and um, started like smashing my head against the you know mm-hmm. like oh you fucking idiot, and then um, Adam Bishop's dad came out, mm-hmm. knocked on the window, and he was like, "Hey man, keep practicing." Oh, that's almost. And now I think I broke, I broke a hundred getting back home. Oh my gosh. You said you didn't speed. Dude. No, but that time I was like, yeah. fuck it. I want to die. Oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he meant, he no, meant no, he, well. yeah, totally nice guy, but that, that kind of, yeah, that's, I tell myself that too. When I mess up, I'm like, oh, you need to practice more. But at the same time, it's like, you know, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, you got to make the time for that stuff too. Yeah. But uh, you can't practice performing like that. Like yeah, you have to. That's cut, what I'm trying to say. Teeth. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's also you can't. 
you can't practice away real like mental struggles. You know, you can't practice right. anxiety away. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm not an actual therapist. I don't know if you knew that. No, I'm just kidding. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh shit. Like I, I don't have a co- I have a college degree in oh. in art. So I was wondering why you didn't take my insurance. Yeah. <laughs> um. So like maybe maybe you can practice away anxiety and depression. I just don't I'm, I'm, know it. But I, yeah, I, I think there's so much. I. You know, I don't think practicing guitar can get you through those nerves. No, I yeah, that's not going to do more, it. It's more, it's more about I played those songs. It's more over, about like right. practicing through your problems and and yeah. like doing you know mental health, actual right. mental health exercises. Uh, it, it, sure, let's yeah. let's keep practicing. Everybody here, show up tomorrow. I'll be here tomorrow. Yeah, just yeah, stare exactly. at me for an hour. Yeah, it'll make me feel like uh, <laughs> make me immersive. Feel <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, hiding behind a guitar. Um, is good it's but comforting mainly having other people on the stage where you're like fuck me with the chainsaw you yeah. know <laughs> like, yeah well i mean it's also uh you mean band members right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Exactly. do you get that um safety in numbers yes thing with a band i love Absolutely. i love it yeah, yeah. i love my bands <laughs> yeah. yeah i you know i i've always enjoyed playing on my own you know sometimes sure. you know acoustic i i love going to open mics now uh i didn't when i was younger but um you know, I played an open mic the other night, and uh, the first song went great, and the second two it just got worse and oh, worse. Yeah. And and you know, you that you feeling start, when like, you lose the crowd, you start, and you're like, yeah. like oh, I wish I had. If I only had my band, like you know, that like steady, right. th- that steady beat to back you up, or that like right. sonic foundation. Or, mm-hmm. um, also, one thing that I've enjoyed a lot more lately, you know, Low Speedkeeper started out as like the Andrew Hammond writing experience, mm-hmm. and then you know, Mike and Oscar have been you know there to back me up the whole way and have always been like the most important part to even writing but right. you know the start of all those songs were were me playing guitar in whatever bedroom i had at the time yeah but um you know mike has also had his own his own writing project as everyone else in, in mm-hmm. the band probably and we uh, once you write one song it's more mm-hmm. addictive than potato chips yeah um yeah. but one of the things that's been super fun lately is mike uh mike has been writing songs that he'll bring to the band and, and we jam on and cool. we played we played one of his much older songs live and that was so comforting to to take a break yeah from singing my songs like in the middle of the set we played one of his songs and it was refreshing because that set started out really rocky for me i i forgot like a whole verse no oh, no and yeah. like it was and it was obvious it right. wasn't just a like i can fake my way through this sure. and um and man it's just so it's so so good to have um, a group of people supporting you that you can like switch off with. And like, right. it, it has been like the, the best experience for me, like um, to work through any like anxiety or, or depression I might have about music. Right. Yeah. I always get the worst anxiety right before. Mm-hmm. So whenever I have other people to break me from that, yeah. then, then it's, it's okay. Like yeah. I can just kind of, I mean, you need that support myself. system or that, um, that tribe kind of right. support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've, I've, like this next part, I pretty much I've been I write all these songs. Yeah, and then like um, I'll show them to to Elliot, uh, mm-hmm. the, the keyboardist. Yeah, yeah, and then um, he'll he'll notate or kind of do his, um, you know, do do things, or I'll open up spots for him to to do his thing. You know, because yeah, he um, he's a he's got a bachelor's in music. Mm-hmm. He's 
he's the one that can actually like talk to other people about yeah. what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. And like here I'll, I'll, I'll just I'll be banging my head against the wall for on the song. Mm-hmm. For one of them like literally 10 years. Yeah. Uh because I wanted to do like a big Bohemian Rhapsody mm-hmm. rock opera kind of thing. Yeah. Uh which is Hella Swords. Mm-hmm. Um so it's it's really good to have, you know, somebody that you know actually knows theory yeah it says hey this is dope like cool i'm not just like you mm-hmm. know getting like he can actually show his work because a lot of times when people tell me like oh that's cool i'm like thanks yeah why <laughs> I-, I couldn't tell you yeah. right exactly yeah. but he'll tell me xyz and i'm like mm-hmm. oh okay so yeah I-, I feel like as you get older as a musician even if you don't learn the theory it's it's more interesting than when you're younger right. i i know i know some people who just have never cared but um, as I've mentioned in in the past, like um, the people that that I know that have gotten an interest in it um, have, you know, they've gotten like this new tool set that they right. can use as writers. <laughs> and and even if even if you don't learn it, just being like curious and interested when someone explains it, like someone who has like a bachelor's in music. Yeah, it's it's like it's such a really interesting thing to work when you're like, I wrote this thing and they're explaining it to me in a way I haven't heard it before. It's a it is. fresh take on things. And um, he's, he's not a songwriter, mm-hmm. you know? Um, if anything, like he has way too much on his palette, you yeah. know, where like I, you have I the have limited, limited palette. palette. Yeah. Uh, I also describe it as um, I'm the naive and he's the sentimental, you know, yeah. like, he gets hung up on all mm-hmm. these little things and I'm just like out there, wandering around yeah you know belting songs and hopefully you know that's one thing that's really cool Mm -hmm. it's like i like i just make random melodies Mm -hmm. and he'll be like oh you know like yeah you know oh that's shit shit, no he'll actually know like say that first oh yeah yeah uh, you know sing that first note and then he'll actually fucking be able to like play it on the piano it's crazy but he can't like make his own which is so bizarre to me yeah but eh. yeah i love that description which one? The, the naive and the sentimental. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't. I think I got that from Doctor Barrow said. Mm-hmm. Uh, Delta. Oh, nice. Yeah, art nice. history teacher. Yeah, I think I didn't think she. I think she. I think she's a doctor. I think she got her doctorate. Honorary, if not from from yeah, us. She's totally dope. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I haven't had a class with her, but I had a great art history teacher as well, at, and at not Delta? at Delta. Oh, no. okay. No, that's a different school. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, the the no offense, but our teachers at Delta were trash. Yeah, but <laughs> Dr. Barros is great. She was the one that actually like encouraged me to like be a be an artist. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, whenever I had a question, like what the fuck is gesso? I yeah. remember like you know what the fuck is gesso? Yeah, and then she was like, good question. And then she like next next class she came back with this mm-hmm. whole thing of what gesso is and where it's from and mm-hmm. why they use it and. Yeah. Well, you know, I I think that like art his art history class is actually kind of a misnomer. Uh, I think it should be like art theory. Yeah, it because can be, absolutely because it's different or because like but there is a lot practice. of dates though. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, so. it, it's in the context of history. I know, and there are those art theory classes where you talk about color theory and you talk about like sure. you know golden rectangle and layout and composition mm-hmm. and all of that fun stuff. Um, which is great. I've had those like golden rectangle, like the golden mean. Like, yeah, I never thought of it as yeah, it is. It's like, but it's, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. design. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so 
Yeah, I, I don't know. That's interesting to me. Like when I when I really started thinking about art history classes, it was it was like here's something in historical context and it happened at this time by this person. That's history. Right. But then they they get into the details of like you know materials they used and why why it works. Um, and to me, that's more like the theory or the practice of of being an artist. And um, you know, I think music is is very so similar to visual arts. Maybe it's me as like someone who went to school for visual arts and and no yeah and that's influenced the way that i wrote music and and music has influenced the way that i've i've you know been an artist right yeah i think they go hand in hand like i'll be working on a painting Mm -hmm. and pick up the guitar and just stare at the painting and maybe like strum a couple chords that's awesome yeah uh be working on a painting and then a Mm -hmm. melody will just like slap me out of nowhere you know yeah um, and then I just become consumed with, with that thing, mm-hmm. the, the poem zone, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I think that, that's like a Father ult- John Misty reference. Ultimate, ultimate, like creative. Yeah, where your eyes just roll yeah. in the back <laughs> of your head. And... Um, yeah. Can you maybe tell me a little bit more about the album that you're working on? Like, uh, yeah, you have it written, yep. you're going to, going to start recording and yep. all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's called Dew Sweeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nine ten songs mm-hmm. um uh first one's called haichu which is kind of uh, like the um the the workers unwe mm-hmm. you know um but haichu is like yeah uh something that i it was like one of my first words oh interesting. Uh, instead of thank you i said haichu oh okay my granddad said haichu until the day he died mm-hmm. and i was like thinking about him taking like my grandmother taking their, her boots off mm-hmm. uh, it was like one of my first memories uh, like he'd come home from work and she'd take his boots off and he, he would say haichu <laughs> and i was like thinking about this and i looked down That's and it was cute. the first time i ever saw the haichu candy and mm-hmm. i was like oh my god what the fuck is going on here I yeah need, i guess i need to, to do this mm-hmm. um and then you know it didn't come all out at once mm-hmm. but um just just thinking about the like you know Kind of setting the mood sure. for um, for other things that I would be talking about, uh, 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 like uh, you know, Eastai colloquialisms, like mm-hmm. sayings that my uh, granddad would would, uh, would say or were passed down from his people. Mm-hmm. You know, from uh, you know, like uh, you get mad in the same pants you got glad in, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, shitting in tall cotton is actually like one of his mm. sayings. Yeah, you shitting in tall cotton now, boy. You know, mm-hmm. meaning like, you know, well, I, it took me a while to ask him what that meant. He was like, you know, uh, you got shade and you got something soft to wipe your ass with. <laughs> you're getting away with it. You know, yeah, money's yeah. all around you. It's yeah, all good. You're doing well There's in nothing, life. Yeah, nothing bad going on. Yeah. That, <laughs> I love uh, that. Yeah. Um, so, um, and then Hella Swords is actually more about like, again, kind of in the, because that was... That was started in um, uh, Colorado ages, and that's more mm-hmm. about like I try to condense all of these different relationships that failed, yeah, into one song. So that's oh man, and there's a lot yeah. of failures. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's my longest song, it's yeah. my, my magnum opus, but it's also mm-hmm. a total fucking bummer. <laughs> yeah, dude, I mean, <laughs> um, but uh, I also um, like, even though I don't write a lot about love, yeah. I wrote a lot about depression and sadness. Mm-hmm. I painted, drew yeah. a lot of shit that was just like, you know, dark, disturbing, or, you know, uncomfortable thoughts. And then I found myself surrounded by all these things, mm-hmm. you know, and 
and it was making it worse. Yeah. So, and I couldn't like, I didn't want to like put them out in the world. So I actually like purged a lot of my, my artwork and I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to try to write happy songs. Like I'm mm-hmm. going to try to write things that like find things that actually inspire me to, to be happy. And, um, and that's where like, uh, you know, Pain Mittens and St. Owen comes into mm-hmm. is like, one of them is um, I was working at Short Center, uh, which is a um, uh, it's a day program for the de- developmentally disabled. Mm-hmm. And there was a particular client that I actually rode the fifty one with mm-hmm. all every morning. Yeah, and um, they would have this uh, these very peculiar set of um, ticks that they would say over and over and over mm-hmm. and over again that um, got stuck in my head, and I started writing a melody, and then that melody. Like I, I took apart that song and then I made it into like a more conventional, mm-hmm. like, pop song. Yeah, um, yeah, and I, I feel like a big cheerleader mm-hmm. whenever I sing that song, which is sometimes cool and sometimes. Yeah, I was gonna say how like making that almost concert, conscious decision to write things that are maybe more positive and happy. How, has right. it helped or how's how's it how's has? It has. Um, you know, it's like anything. If you. If you say a lie enough times, you'll begin to lie. Uh, yeah. You know? But also, if you say it enough, it'll like kind of reverse that and be mm-hmm. like the exact opposite. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to find that balance mm-hmm. of it, or like, um, you know, being a teacher mm-hmm. or uh, helping people, uh, you have to kind of like breadcrumb it. And um, I think that's that's the most economical way to spend your energy instead mm-hmm. of like you know cost you know. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could do this. Yeah, you can. Um, but should you? You mm-hmm. know, like I, I have. It's 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 complex because it's not a natural position for me. Even though I do find myself there, and I I do like it. I just yeah. I can't stay long. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it is really important to encourage creators, mm-hmm. and that's what the song is yeah. is about, like creating things and not just consuming. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I mean. I'm not not dissing on not <laughs> not dissing on consumers, man. Yeah, I, we're, yeah. we're part and parcel. Yeah, consumers you know? are. Who would I play to? Yeah, Who would... yeah. <laughs> you know, without the consumer. Yeah, well, I mean, I I think that like in music, the the consumer is. I always think of of them in in different terms, more as they're part of a partnership that we're 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 having here. Um, you know, like I always, I keep coming back to this as like, I'm, I'm writing a song, but it's their song too, because they, they find their own meaning in it. And right. and that belongs to them, mm-hmm. whether I meant to write it that way or not, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I really like that about songwriting because I've liked being the consumer and, and taking a song from, from a band that I love and going like, this means this to me. Right. You know, and like, I understand that the, that the songwriter might've had some other take on it, but. I'm really, I'm really latched onto this one line or something. And yeah. it really like reminds me of this part of life. And, and that's why I think it's like, it's different from a consumer. It's like, they're almost, the listener can be a band member yeah. if, you know, maybe there's some situations where not, you know, you, an audience member can't be, maybe you're so like, you're so up the like corporate music ladder that there is that separation, but um, yeah, you're you measuring know. it by how many, how many hits or yeah they're not then they are consumers when you're looking at hits but um i think i think for us like you know little guys people like lower in the 
yeah. in the ladder of of music success we we are lucky in the way that we get to connect with people closer we get to play house shows yeah um and have people stand right in front of us and and dance hopefully or or just bob their head with enjoyment right. or, or just vibing yeah Man, as long as you vibe and that's cool yeah, yeah you know you know, I, I like, I don't ever, I try my hardest not to judge people in how they re respond or how they react in public, especially. Mm, yeah. Like if someone is at my show and they're on their phone the whole time and they're like in the zone on their phone and I, I don't know if they're listening or not, or they hate me or they love me. Uh, I try not to judge that because that person might have some sort of social anxiety and having that, right. like yeah. that uh, fidget spinner of a phone for them to like, yeah. really absorb what I'm yeah, doing to, to put their blinders on. So exactly. They so they can actually outside. focus yeah. and maybe they're not bobbing, maybe they're not dancing, maybe they're sitting in the corner. I'm, I'm okay with that. And um, maybe when I was younger, I didn't realize that even before cell phones, you know, you'd, you'd play a coffee shop and everyone was talking over you. And that used to frustrate me when I was younger. Right. And you know, maybe there was a time when I was like, shh, 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 <laughs> to like be a jerk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> you know, I think now, I just enjoy playing and, and if I'm at least doing it for me, that's good. And if someone else is like into it and they, they tell me later, that's where I get, you know, the most satisfaction when I can have a conversation. Right. And if they, if they're too shy to talk to us about music, that's okay too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I've been, um, I think the thing that's helped me through a lot of my anxiety is actually mm -hmm. like letting, letting the ball bounce, you know, yeah. just letting it go. Mm -hmm. And uh, tell myself like, fucking feeling myself yeah during the song or something yeah. like that and i it's gone until yeah. like the end of the song mm -hmm. <laughs> and then i have to like look down at my, my you know tune and that oh my god like yeah. i get like a that weird in between uh, song moment when you're like thank you and yeah thanks. and looking hey, at the set list the, uh, blah, 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 yeah, yeah. next song and yeah. then when you're in the moment you're like mm -hmm. you know you're, yeah find that beat yeah you're, you're in the groove again yeah there's my yeah. breath let's go yeah yeah and i would say uh you know Call, uh, tall cotton does have a groove that is very comforting cool you know yeah, I, I really thanks. enjoyed it yeah i i'm very happy with that yeah <laughs> um but with the um yeah the the song where i'm like a cheerleader i mm -hmm. actually wanted to make something that was more direct mm -hmm. like i wanted to actually fucking hit somebody over the head with a with the yeah. blunt meaning where you know mm -hmm. like it's really cool to to make a a, a song with word with lyrics that have a like a wide net you know yeah where there's there could be many interpretations but mm -hmm. i like i want you to know where i'm coming from you can do whatever you want yeah. but i feel like it's really important to like stress this one thing especially seeing how the song that's sort of like part of it mm -hmm. is a complete abstraction you know it's yeah. like um it's you know somebody with uh, developmental yeah. uh, problems mm -hmm. uh, that uh, inspired me you know mm -hmm. so it doesn't exactly make that you could pull there's so many interpretations from Penny Mittens where, like, yeah. I think that might be a, a like a, a narrower shot with mm -hmm. the, with the song that's sure. it's it's sister song, if you will. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's interesting. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we'll we'll probably like uh, take a break and and maybe jam a little bit and, and see if we can come up with something to record. Yeah. Um. But before we do, do you want to like uh, let people know where they can uh, consume? Tall Cotton Tapestry. You can consume Co. <laughs> Tall Cotton Tapestry Company um, on Bandcamp, mm -hmm. um, and then uh, mainly come to shows. Yeah, I think that would that should that's the best. That's the best way to to do it. Um, you know, yeah. we're not. 
we don't we don't tour much mm-hmm. and we don't tour yeah <laughs> we haven't toured i don't really tour much yeah i haven't, I haven't toured ever um but uh yeah uh that that's probably the best way or just instagram i'm not i don't know i you you find me yeah you I find mean, me that's, yeah that's, that's how it, the, that's how the it name goes. is an easy thing to to find you know yeah there's not too many yeah. all cotton tapestry companies yeah around yeah. Yeah. I think there is a like an old jazz song called Tall Cotton. Hmm. Or High Cotton. I think <laughs> that's an, like there you know, there's many ways to say it. But uh yeah. Um but uh yeah. Cool. Come to shows. Yeah. See yeah, we'll there. we'll do the house show here. Yeah. I'll uh let people try to try to find us online and we can hook them up with that. Yeah. Cool. Um cool. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Thanks for man. having me. Yeah, of it was course. Really great. It was yeah. fun. Yeah. Okay. So this song is called Pennymans. And Andrew is playing bass on this. I'm gonna take my time and paint my pictures, sell them one by one on Broadway. Do you know Miss Tate? Do you know Wanda? Do you know Ruby? I'm gonna take my time and paint my pictures, sell them one by one on Got the trash and I push in the chairs Will you tell you lean you saw me Shave my face and clean my room Tell everyone I'm Broadway Get on the bus and I'll go to the center And I'll take my time and I'll paint my pictures Watch me, will you watch me? Will you tell you lean? You saw me. Tell you lean, saw me. Take my time and paint my pictures. Sell them one by one. 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 Okay, so this song um, is called St. Owen's Hiding Hole, um, and Andrew is also playing bass on this. So uh, here we go. Like climbing a mountain or 
eating entire elephants, everything big. 